Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, a very warm welcome to Capital Sports 2.0. I'm your host, Alan Moore, and shortly we'll be going to the other side of, well, not too far away, Moscow to Mr. Andy Mack, and further away to Siberia to Mr. Andrew Flint. However, before we get underway with the main bulk of the show, what is happening in the world of sports? Well, we're setting up for a return of big-time football. Of course, that is in the Bundesliga. doesn't matter that there's quite a few players, including one club under lockdown. That's Dinamo Dresden in the second division, the Zweite Liga. Uh, they are going to go ahead no matter what. Now, of course, talks continue apace in England that the English Premier League will be back on June 12th. That's what they're aiming for. One day later, of course, Syria are aiming to come back. Uh, that's subject to government approval. The English Premier League, of course, they have been told that only... Only disinfected pitches can be used for the training purposes and five players at a time and no tackling. Sounds a bit continental to me, but there you go. So we're going to have a chat about that. The Bundesliga, of course, the English Premier League, what's going on there. Uh, Ructions in France with Amiens. Now they are lodging a case against the uh, French Federation for being relegated. They're only four points off uh, Nîmes, who are above them by well, above them in the table in 18th. And with 10 games to pay, they say that it is unjust. Uh, of course, we know that Lyon are already suing the French Federation because they will not be able to play in the Champions League next year. So it's a, a huge money hit. What else is going on? Well, not all English footballers, actually very, very few indeed, are interested in coming back to play straight away. Uh, Danny Rose, the 29-year-old Spurs defender, has said that it's not the right time to come back. He said football should not be in discussion People are dying. It's still too dangerous. Uh, the Newcastle takeover, of course, is still there. And the girlfriend, the far, former fiance, I should say, of the murder journalist Jamal Khashoggi uh, has urged um, Newcastle fans to unite to protect the club from the takeover by Saudi's public invest in, investment fund. Um, what else? Well, of course, we do know that there was uh, some interest, shall we say. Mike Tyson, who turned 53 recently, he did a, a work it on the pads. Of course, he spent the next three days lying in bed trying to recover from that. Um, and there's speculation that he's going to make a return to boxing. Uh, the usual, like, big mouth Eddie Hearn, who never saw anything ever bad happening in the ring, of course, and loves to deal with the dodges of characters. He has said that someone from uh, Tyson's camp has reached out to him about a meeting. Now, of course, we do know that Evander Holyfield, who's four years older than Tyson at 57, he said that he would come back, or he is going to come back, but for exhibition bouts to raise money for good causes, mainly for him. Uh, okay, so we're going to start right away. We're going to go uh, first to the other, well, nearby in Moscow to Mr. Andy Mack. Andy, how are you doing? Yeah, very well. A little bit jealous of those uh, playing tennis in their back garden in the UK today. Obviously, you're not allowed to touch your grandma's balls. They didn't specify which. Yeah, exactly. And golf, of course, is back on the way in Ireland. So uh, people can be sinking some birdies and uh, putting balls in holes as much as they want. Okay. Andrew Flint, uh, welcome to the show. I was going to try and extend some decency, but I didn't even get a chance to get a word in before we descended that hole. Otherwise, I'm doing very well. Uh, Listen, we're going to start off right away. Uh, some short notes from you, Andrew. Uh, you've noticed a little bit of an issue uh, regarding Chelsea and player registration. Uh, you know, back when they, they signed Christian Pulisic, uh, that was their last signing they could make before they were given a two transfer window ban. And FIFA are also 
There is a case that is going to be heard in June. It's been delayed till June regarding the FA for their role in player registration. So we'll we'll see what happens there. At the moment, they're being fined a whopping uh, £391,000, but that will be reduced on appeal. Uh, to be quite honest with you, it's, it's another example, in my view, of a punishment that is being handed out for the sake of punishment. It means absolutely nothing. What, what is it going to do to the FA? Is it going to... Is it going to change the way the player registrations for young players are dealt with? I, I suspect not. But it's probably something the FA want to go away quietly and politely and well, into yeah, the background. Uh, well, we we had a presidential election for the for World Rugby between the dinosaur Bill Beaumont, the um, former England hooker, and Augustine Pichot, who branded himself as the revolutionary. He had a lot of uh, a lot of plans. He wanted to change how world rugby was run, and he had the support of the Southern Hemisphere uh, countries. But after Bill Bowman was re-elected, uh, Pichot has now decided to leave world rugby because he had served as Beaumont's um, vice president for four years. And Bernard Laporte, former French uh, manager, he will now be Bill Beaumont's um, uh, vice chairman. Sorry, I should say. Uh, no change at World Rugby. Um, I think it could have been interesting to see what um, Pichot could have brought to the table, but he was very clear. He wanted change or nothing, and he has got nothing. Okay. Um, yeah, generally, it is quite difficult. But, I mean, if, if, if that's what he was outlining to do, it may have taken, especially with the situation at the moment, it probably would have taken longer than <clears throat> he anticipated. But um, I think there definitely would have been some changes. For, I think probably, yes, it probably would have been slightly more... On, on the continental side, if you want to call it that. Um, I, and I think probably edging towards more safety measures and things being put in and possibly a few rule changes as well, whether to speed up, make the game a bit more technical, make it a bit less rough, I think would have been the key ones probably going to be introduced, but we'll never know. Um, Andy, sticking with you, um, what have you got in your magic sack for us? Um, well, there's um, the usual turmoil happening. Um, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to breeze over my magic sack. For <laughs> breeze over my magic sack. Um, uh, yeah, usual turmoil in Scottish football is carrying on. So um, the inquiry into the Scottish Football Association that um, Glasgow Rangers were pushing for, uh, they'd claimed that um, a number of corrupt things had been happening within, such as clubs not being notified about uh, Scottish football seeking alternative deals with TV um, based on whether the season was going to finish or not and also that they had been pressuring a number of clubs to vote in a specific way to end the seasons early. Um, obviously the Championship League 1 and League 2 has already concluded. The SPFL, the top tier in Scotland, hasn't yet um, and that will now, discussion will now continue that this inquiry has been thrown out but it looks... I mean, Glasgow Rangers, there were three clubs, Rangers, Hearts, who look destined currently for relegation, but in Scotland, the league splits into two and the bottom half will play each other for the remainder. So they still would have had a chance. Uh, they were threatening legal proceedings, obviously, based on um, what looks like a possible relegation there. All, everything that's kind of extrapolated and gone wild over the last few weeks has kind of now gone back to square one again. Uh, and nobody really knows what's happening. And it's a real mess because a number of clubs are really struggling financially there at the moment. And they need to um, pick up quick. I mean, obviously, Scotland announced a three-week lockdown longer than uh, what's currently happening in England at the moment. So 
who knows what's going to happen after that. In terms of TV money, uh, lower down in the uh, English leagues, for example, clubs are surviving basically 50% on gate receipts. And of course, in, in the English Premier League, I mean, it's, it's like, I think it's almost 60% is due to TV money or media rights. How is that in Scotland at the top, top level, Andy, in the Premier League? Um, yeah, it's very important because, quite frankly, the SPFL have disgraced themselves in negotiating utterly pish TV deals over the last... Well, I mean, since Rangers disappeared in 2012, it was very difficult to negotiate. But since they've been back, I mean, I think Scotland has something like the 45th best TV deal in Europe, way behind the likes of Norway, Denmark. Very poor, so very reliant on gate receipts. And there's a, a big fear already that uh, Nicola Sturgeon or whoever it may be uh, across, across the country, Boris Johnson, whoever... I think people will be forced to play behind closed doors next season. I think that's the biggest fear until a vaccine is found or they manage to effectively social distance within grounds, which, I mean, not really possible when there's people funneling into stadiums. Um, that's the big fear is that gate receipts might be the killer blow next season. Do you not think that maybe like when, when football comes back, there'll be actually bumper crowds going in? Or do you think that there might be a, bit of a, a, a little bit of a bump at the start and then it'll drop off again? Depends how silly people are, really, I guess. I mean, there'd be a fear factor, I think, for some. Um, I think you might see reduced tickets, ticket prices to get people in. But, I mean, the big one at this time of year um, that is huge for clubs is uh, season ticket sales. And as nobody knows really what's going on. I mean, uh, there are clubs in Scotland. Motherwell, I think, have seen something like a 300 or 200% increase on season tickets for next season because people are generally trying to support their local club. Then on top of that, you have the already poor TV deals that are there. If nobody, you know, they're already saying TV money is going to be cut because there's going to be no atmosphere. So it's going to be rubbish to watch on TV. Yeah. Um, so there's so much uncertainty around everything at the moment that, yeah, you, you, you'd think that they may be, um, that there will maybe find an alternative. We were discussing last week um, about Denmark doing uh, drive-in cinemas for home and away Home yeah. and away teams just to try and just to try and get some get some money into the club. Okay, Andy. Moving moving on with that. I mean, there's um, a lot about the Bundesliga this week coming up. I'm going to ask you first, and I'm going to ask Andrew, just like a yes or no. Do you think it's right that they're coming back this week? Honestly, I would say no. Um, I I don't think it's right. Okay, uh, Andrew. What about you? I, I'm genuinely torn. Uh, I, I, if I had to give a short answer, I'd say actually, I think. Actually, I think yes, only just. At Dorpen at the moment, the managing director, Carson Cramer, he basically said that, he said, the moment that they say to Dortmund, you have too many positive tests, we have to make a decision. Right now, we've, already, we've always had negative tests. Now, for me, that's the height of bollocksology because what happens if someone dies? And I've been listening to this in Ireland, the discussion sort of for GAA, which is amateur, and they're playing with numbers. So, for example, for club players, so there's... The surveyed over 3,000, 3,008, basically asked them all, do you want to come back? 21%, I think it was 22%, said they would only come back if there's a vaccine found. Another 27% said, or 20 or whatever, percent they're not sure. That was twisted, saying over half the players want to come back and play. We do know three people at uh, Cologne have uh, tested positive. We've, we've known that the uh, Demon Dresden have tested positive. We have a huge derby coming this weekend, uh, Dortmund and Schalke, that's on Saturday. And then uh, Union Berlin are, of course, home. Who are you know, playing with? Well, they're playing Bayern Munich on Sunday. And the whole thing is, again, that this is from Dortmund, who are supposed to be the fans club. 
your inverted commas. A positive test won't be a catastrophe as long as we have the rules and recommendations for how to get along with it. So you've got games starting Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Andrew, just back with you one second. And I know you. I know what you mean. There's better safeguards there than say in the UK. I, that's. Do you not think that maybe money is winning out in this case? Should we maybe just say, hold on, sport isn't worth this? Well, I mean, okay, I'll play devil's advocate and and stay with my original yes. And I'd say we're never going to have certainty, not for a very, very long time. Even normality, and I I really do mean over the next three, four, five years, we're never going to have complete and absolute certainty. So at some point, we we either have to just say, right, that's an entire industry, multi-billion pound industry is just going to collapse on on its knees, or we're going to have to at some point find a way to come back and i'm not suggesting every league should just suddenly launch back into it but somebody's got to be the first league and it's got to be a well prepared league. now we and that includes being prepared for positive cases and if the bundesliga and the german regional uh, leaders and politicians are confident they have a plan for that then somebody's got to somebody's got to be first and I'd rather it be Germany than a country that's not prepared. Okay, Andy, why would you counteract that? Because, I mean, he, what he says makes sense. And- so I, I, I would agree that Germany is far better prepared than anyone else, really, in Europe at the moment, in terms of the, the sheer number of um, confirmed cases they've had. My oh, yeah. number of fatalities yeah. compared to other Western European nations. But I think just for the fact that um, so many asymptomatic cases have cropped up already in testing and knowing that some of that testing is flawed, I don't think when these players have had a little taste of that freedom, a little taste of playing, they're talking about mixing and training again all of a sudden, um, going into full isolation again off the back of each training is near on impossible. And to run those clubs, you're looking at having hundreds and hundreds of people in every day um, some of which will be, uh, some of whom, sorry, will be far more vulnerable than the players themselves, who are generally quite fit, healthy people, young, um, not really doing the things that might, you know, make you a vulnerable person, as in obesity, um, drink, smoking, whatever it might be. So I think there is a, there is an unnecessary risk there for at least another few weeks. Um, but as Andrew Flint said, I think. Someone has to do the litmus test, and quite frankly, Germany probably is the best one at the moment, but it's maybe a month early for me. Yeah, I think it's supposed to have to pay return to humanity. We're going to have to do it anyway, so Andy, what are your picks for the Bundesliga? Because uh, I'll run down through the games that are that, that we have on um, Saturday. Borussia Schalke, I've already mentioned, that's kicking off at 4.30 our time here. Augsburg-Wolfsburg, Fortuna Dusseldorf, Paderborn, Leipzig, uh, the Red Bull brand against Freiburg and Hoffenheim, Hertha Berlin. They, of course, are all at 4.30 uh, Moscow time. And then the big one of the day, Eintracht, Borussia Mönchengladbach, that is at 7.30 uh, Saturday evening. What do you reckon? Who, who are you looking at? Obviously, it's very difficult to judge um, at the moment with teams just coming back. Um, also, um, looking at the fact there's no spectators, I'm going to take Wolfsburg at over even money um, to beat a rather hapless Augsburg, who, yes, are slightly threatened by relegation. Wolfsburg still have a chance of Europe. Um, but Al- um, Augsburg have been on such a bad run. Uh-huh. And Wolfsburg, over even money, away from home um, against yeah a team that perhaps don't really have the home advantage anymore, um, is too big. 
Uh, Dusseldorf against Paderborn. Paderborn have got absolutely nothing to lose now. Um, Ten points adrift of Mainz. Uh, and I think they will go for it. Um, and in those fixtures, I think there have been... Uh, the Paderborn haven't had a goalless draw in 35 away games. Oh. Um, and I think Dusseldorf just sitting right up, uh, right in that little last playoff relegation slot. I think there'll be goals there okay. um, first game back. And also, I think there'll be goals in Hoffenheim and Hertha Berlin, uh, both who if you combine both teams they've they've conceded 91 goals between them in in the 50 games so i think both teams to score there is okay. a fairly good bet considering Hertha had sort of come into a tiny bit of form uh, just before everything shut down so those are my three picks okay i'll probably put those in a treble and look at a single on the one over even money with Wolfsburg away uh, Sunday, of course, it's uh, Cologne against Mainz, so it's a it's a kind of a Rhine Main derby. Uh, that's at four thirty Moscow time, and then Union Berlin against uh, Bayern Munich. That is at seven o'clock Moscow time. You'd be looking at Bayern to win that, wouldn't you, Andrew? Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you'd have you'd have to really, wouldn't you? Um, the thing about Union Berlin is their their home atmosphere is what has really carried them through. I was listening to. The Gate Impression podcast on on the Bundesliga, and they they talked about the the no fans being the major factor for for the smaller teams more than the bigger teams. So I think it is going to I think it is going to affect Union Berlin much more um, than most others. They, they they've got a bit of a cult following as well. So Bayern are just well, they're Bayern, aren't they? Um, yeah. You, you have it. to look. It, it's hard to look past them. Okay, and finally, of course, on Monday you have Werder Bremen against Bayer Leverkusen. That kickoff is nine thirty Moscow time. Andy Mack, are you still with us? Yep. Also, the NBA are looking to come back as well. They've had a call, and they said that within one month they should be a return to action. So that looks good. I know that uh, Alex B will have more on that for us soon. Now we're going to go away now shortly because we are running out of time. Andrew Flint, are there any of those matches in the Bundesliga that have caught your eye? Well, for me, I'd pick one out. Eintracht against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Fra- uh, Eintracht have been uh, very, very poor this season, so I'm curious to see how they prepared for this part of the season. Perhaps the break will have done them done them some good. Uh, both very entertaining sides. So, boys, thank you very, very much. I hope you have a, both have a nice evening, and uh, we'll chat again on Sunday midway through the first weekend back for the Bundesliga. Okay, folks, that is it for now, and we'll be back on Sunday with more Kappa Sports 2.0.